My name's Jim Welk, and like the other elders here at Bethany, I'm taking my fearful turn at talking to all of you. And it's fearful to me because my normal group of, of listeners is two or three people at a time, one of whom usually falls asleep in the middle of my conversation. And as, as I look around the room, I see several people that have done that. Um, today will be everybody else's opportunity. So if you doze off, don't worry about it. I'll wake you up in time for the Chiefs game. I'm from Kansas. <laughs> um, as, as Eric and Kathy mentioned, it's New Year's. Um, it's kind of the time, at least for me, when I reflect on things that I didn't do so well last year and things that I try to do better next year. Um, Jermaine, if you could pull up that New Year's list. I looked up a list of the 10 most popular New Year's resolutions. And they are lose weight, quit smoking, get a better job, save money, find true love, organize your home, try something new, spend more time with loved ones, get more rest, volunteer to help. How many of you guys have made New Year's resolutions this year? Okay, there's there's Okay, there's two truthful people I've seen so far this morning. <laughs> um, looked up on on the internet this morning and of course you can believe everything the internet says. But 80% of all of us who make New Year's resolutions do not keep them. And as as I'm looking over the New Year's resolutions list that I got, I only find two of them there that are not self-centered. So that's 80% that are. So I wonder if that has something to do with the success or failure of our New Year's resolutions. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I always tend to get a little bit down on myself this time of year. I always look back and think of the places that I've failed, the places that I haven't done, what I wanted to do, and the places that I hope to do better next year. Um, Duran, if you bring up Isaiah. Isaiah tells us, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is God talking to the people of Israel saying, yeah, you're not perfect. You made some mistakes. You messed up a few times. But don't you feel what I'm doing? I've, I've given, getting, gotten you out of so many difficult spots and, and difficult places and I've delivered you. Keep looking forward. Look ahead. Trust me. I'll deliver you again. And this is, this is God's way of telling us not to dwell on the past, but to look into the future with hope and anticipation. Um, it's a new year. It's a new morning. And to make a confession, I am a kind of a new addict. Anyone who knows me knows that I like new stuff. This is kind of a new cell phone. 
I've got kind of a new truck outside. And it's always going to be the perfect cell phone or the perfect truck until it gets a scratch on the face or a dent in the fender or something. And then that's the worst truck I've ever owned. Um, When it's new and shiny and clean and fresh, it's awesome. And when I go out to buy something, my intentions are that this is this is the one. This is the one. I'm never going to have to buy another one. Never going to have to spend another penny because this is going to be perfect for me. And yet, a year or year and a half or two years later, I see all the newer things out there, and I want one of them. No matter, I told you what it was for me. It's phones and trucks and fishing gear and coats and two-way radios and you name it. I don't know what that is for you, but I'm sure there is something in your life if you're anything like me. And so I feel kind of like Paul. I always go into this with the best of intentions. In Romans seven fifteen, Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I don't want to buy another new truck, but I probably will if I'm if I'm human and I know I am stuck there. That's not really the kind of new that my heart longs for. My heart longs for something that doesn't tarnish, doesn't fade, doesn't fall, doesn't weaken, doesn't scratch. Um Jermaine, if we bring up Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. I go to bed every night. I think about the day and I think about the people that I've maybe insulted or not treated as well as I should have, or the person I passed in city market who was asking for food and I didn't give it to him. And I think about those failures every night, but every morning when I wake up, it's a fresh start. It's a chance to do those things over again, to put in my mind that I can be the kind of person that Jesus would want me to be. And that I can at least sit and talk to those people and and relate to them and and find out why they're standing in city market or Walmart parking lot asking for food. Um, Jermaine, if you bring up the definition for resolution, the the base word of resolution obviously is resolve. Resolve is defined as. To come to a definite or earnest decision about, determined to do something. So, instead of you and I having our own little, I'm going to clean up my house, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to stop whatever my New Year's resolution is. How about if we, as a body of believers come to a definitive or earnest decision to do something. 
And there are some scriptures that we can use to maintain our resolve the whole year. The Holy Spirit can keep us strong for the task that we do choose. I think a good place to start with a, with a church-wide New Year's resolution is our mission statement. Our mission statement is to be a, let's everybody say it with me, a growing, relevant family of missionaries who desire to see WSCU and Gunnison know Jesus Christ. There's an, there's an old hymn that I remember singing when I was a kid in church. And it was, they, know, they will know we are Christians by our love. And that just came to me now, so I don't know what that means. But um, there, I think there are some practical things that we can do to accomplish the mission statement. And if everybody would like to take a look at the screen, got a little YouTube video for you to watch. It's, it's really convenient to have a YouTube video put together professionally and showing all the wonderful things that people do across the country. But I know that there are people sitting in this room that do just as much as on the video that we watched. Um, people that volunteer with women's groups, people that volunteer at food banks, people that volunteer at all sorts of organizations through this town, people that volunteer in this church, building things, making sure the 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 uh, pavement, or the not the pavement, but the parking lot gets shoveled during the snowy times. There's somebody who I'd like to mention now who does a lot of mission work in this town whose place I am taking this morning. I'd like to tell you for just a few minutes about um, Tom. Several years ago, Tom and Cherie and Rachel and I went on a cruise. It was a nice two-week cruise in Europe. Tom and I thought we deserved to take Rachel and Cherie with us because they put up with us for so long. It was kind of an anniversary-type cruise um so we thought we should treat him well once in a while uh watching tom and sheree as they related to the people on the cruise ship the people that were there to serve them the waiters the waitresses the housekeeping staff the taxi drivers in paris and london tom made them the center of his attention rather than him being the tourist, being the center of their attention. And I learned more from that than I have have learned in a long time before that or a long time since. Um, Tom really became a servant to people by listening to them, hearing their problems, listening to their stories and their lives. And... Um, he gave their experience and life's credibility. Can anybody tell me what Tom's favorite store is in Gunnison? Broken City Market. <laughs> Good job, Barbara. That, I think that's exactly correct. Anybody know why? Ben and Sherry's. <laughs> that's what he says, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's what Tom says. But I, I pay attention. You do pay attention. <laughs> 
Um, I asked Kevin this morning before this service started about how many college students work at City Market. And he said, oh, any given year between 15 and 20. And I asked him about the total number of employees at City Market. And he said, oh, roughly 150 to 200. So I was kind of surprised by those big numbers. But I wasn't surprised that that's one of Tom's favorite places because if you've ever gone to City Market with Tom, it takes a half an hour to buy a pack of gum. (laughs) And it's not because he's perusing Ben and Jerry's. It's because he's putting a hand out to all the friends and people who don't know yet that they're his friends, all the college students that he loves to visit with. That's our mission statement, Gunnison and Western State. And Tom is an out-of-these-four-walls missionary, aside from the fact that he preaches here most Sundays. Um, How many of us, when we go to City Market, I know that it's what I do. My list is here, and the cream of whatever it is kind of soup is there, and I can't figure out which one's the right one. And there's people walking by me back and forth all day long, and I don't recognize them. How many of you guys have bumped into me at City Market, and I didn't even recognize that you were there? <laughs> it happens when we, when we let ourselves get so consumed in, in our own little tasks that we forget about the mission field that we're surrounded by. I know that for most of us, this time of year, it seems really, really easy for us to see Gunnison and, well, not Western because nobody's there, but to, to see our own community as a mission field. That's evidenced by the way you guys responded to the giving tree we had up here for Christmas. Everybody, everybody's willing to give, everybody puts out, everybody helps everybody else. It's kind of like uh, the New Year's resolution to get healthy. The, the, uh, the gyms and the, the health clubs are full of people right now until May. And then the resol- resolutions kind of dissolve away and they become empty again and you can be on whatever machine you choose at any time of the day or night. I think there's some scripture passages that can help us to maintain our resolve throughout the entire year if we'll let them, if we'll pray on them, if we'll think about them, if we'll consider them. First one of those, I'm going to take the whole passage and then we'll break it down into little segments. First one is Ephesians 14 through 19. That's the whole that's the whole ball of wax. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a pretty huge chunk, and there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, I'd like to take it kind of a verse or two at a time, and hopefully this won't be too boring for you. But Ephesians 3, 14 and 15 say, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That means that we are all the same family. You and me and the clerk at City Market or the stalker at Walmart or the guy that lives at number one Maytag Way on the 16th Street Mall. Each of those people are our brothers and our sisters or our moms or our dads or our kids. If we had a kid that was living in in the box on 16th Street Mall, wouldn't we do something to try and at least put a heater in the box? Um, that I think that's the least we can do. I kind of got off track there. Um, the, the this this scripture passage by the the uh, commentaries I was reading. The statement was meant in the in the Ephesians day. The statement was meant to include both the Jews and the Gentiles. So if if groups as different as Jews and Gentiles were were grouped into a same into a family, how much more should we be grouped into a family now? Um, if we look at everyone. Around us as family, we naturally want to meet their physical needs. We want to meet emotional and spiritual needs. We want to be interested in their struggles and the success of our kids and our parents and our cousins and our uncles. We want to know more deeply what those people are about and who they are. In other words, we want to replicate Jesus to them. We want to know we want to know everything about them and we want to lift them up through their struggles. That is what we do for our own kids. Why should not be what we do for the lift up or the um, or anybody else you encounter at City Market? Um, from the world meetings of families in 2015, Jermaine, Pope Francis... Did I not give you that one? Okay, come along. I'll just read it. From the World Meeting of Families in 2015, Pope Francis, who I think is a pretty cool guy. Um, Holiness is always tied to little gestures. Whoever gives you a cup of water in my name will not go unrewarded, says Jesus. These little gestures are those we learn at home, in the family. They get lost amid all the other things we do, yet they make each day different. They are the quiet things done by mothers and grandmothers, by fathers and grandfathers and children. They're the little signs of tenderness, affection, and compassion, like the warm supper we look forward to at night, the early lunch awaiting someone who gets up early to go to work, 
homely gestures like a blessing before we go to bed or a hug after we return from a hard day's work. Love is shown by little things, by attention to small daily signs which make us feel at home. Faith grows when it is lived and shaped by love. That's why our families, our homes, are true domestic churches. They are the right place for faith to become life and life to become faith. So how do we keep our resolve to be like Jesus to his people during the year when the newness of the season fades away? Just um, one another inspirational verse I found is Ephesians three sixteen to 18. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So if, if, if we pray every day that we have the strength that Jesus can give us through faith, and if we pray to be rooted in his spirit and grounded in love, I think he's going to make sure that that happens in our hearts. And if that happens in our hearts, there's not going to be room for slacking, for lack of a better word. So how big are the riches of his glory? I don't know. I can't imagine it. When I look outside in the mornings at the mountains that are full of snow, and I look at the reservoirs that are frozen over, and I look at the creation. We just got back from Costa Rica. I look at the beaches and the waves and the sand and the howling monkeys in the trees. That's just, that's just a, a creation of his. That's not even the riches of his glory. I believe that we have no concept of the power within each and every one of us if we let the Holy Spirit in and, in and embrace that. Christ does not just make a two-week holiday in reservation in our hearts. He wants to dwell there. The strength that Jesus gives us can come from many, many different sources. Reading the word, praying for understanding... Leaning on people who happen to be strong when we're not. Um, Tom is doing that right now. He's leaning on all of us to, to fill in the gap. And hopefully we're not disappointing him too much. God's glory is endless. And his supply of, endless will, his supply of strength will also be endless if we lean upon him. Jermaine, Ephesians 3.19 And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many less important things would be pushed out of the way if we let our hearts be filled with the fullness of God? If we let ourselves be filled with his Holy Spirit, there might not be room for half of the junk that we let occupy our days. Each of us has a special gift. I don't know what yours is, whether it's, it's meeting somebody for coffee, whether it's lifting somebody up that's just out on the street, whether it's volunteering at a place, or whether it's helping at Bethany. 
But we can each use those gifts to reach a different person, a different group of people. Right in our midst, right here in Gunnison and Western State. So that they may know Jesus Christ. I would challenge you to pick up these these gifts that you've been given. Recognize them. And use them for the rest of the year. Become more relational with people like I hope I can be. Um, Rachel and I have a great time when we invite some of the young folks over to our house for dinner. And just to romp around the house. I, that's one of the things that we enjoy doing. And I hope we're going to do that again more soon. More soon. So... That was far shorter than I thought it would be. This is the first Sunday of the month. And traditionally here at Bethany, we observe communion on the first Sunday of the month. So we're going to do that. On the night before he was betrayed, Jesus took bread gave thanks broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and he said this is my body broken for you take eat and whenever you do do this in remembrance of me after they had eaten he took the cup this is my blood shed for you this is my new covenant to you take drink and whenever you do remember me we invite everyone who is a believer to the table of communion here at Bethany we don't care if you're Methodist Baptist Catholic or no denomination at all If you're right with God, if you accept him as your savior, we invite you to this table. If that's not the case, and if you would like to pray with somebody, the Huckabees are going to be here for us, for you to pray to, and Rachel and I will be back here in the hallway by the the youth room. So if you would like to do that before before you take communion, we'd be happy to pray with you. Take a moment, sit there, pray, do what you need to do, and then partake in the feast. Years ago, Tom used to say, this service is over, but church is just beginning. Yeah. Thank you all for your attention. I appreciate it.